What'd you eat for breakfast this morning? I had fruit and tater tots. Mm. Fruit and tater tots. <laughs> yep. I can't say that I've ever heard anyone <laughs> respond with that to that question with that kind of food selection. So I'm going to go a little deeper. What kind of fruit did you have? I had peaches this morning. Peaches. Did you have your tater tots separate or yes, did you I put did. them in your yeah. peaches? No. All right. Put them separate. And were the tater tots cooked? They were. My Bad mother you. cooked them this morning. All right. And that was the, like, that's it? Peaches and tater tots. Yeah. That's not, not a big breakfast person. No? No. Mm. That's all right. Britt, Brit, uh, you know, producer of the show, she's not much of a breakfast person either. So I love that. Hey, we're getting to know Lil Sylvester here, and this is the Now Life podcast. We are in our summer special bonus episodes where we are talking about the student missionary internship ministry here at Desert Springs. So the next few episodes that you're going to get to listen to um, are going to be students, you know, students talking about how they've been impacted from this ministry and how they were able to go out and serve the Lord, some of them for many years, uh, their whole high school time, others uh, not yet, you know. So the cool thing is we got Lil here in the studio. We're just going to keep pressing on. Uh, We'll be back to our normal programming in September. But as you can see, Already from this question, Lil's a special person, okay? Peaches and tater tots, all right? That's something I've never had together that I can remember. Maybe maybe like in um, grade school or something like that. Did you go to public school, Lil? I Or went, private school? Or did you go to school where they had like cafeteria food? Yes, but I did not eat any of why it. Why not? Tell me why. Well, I, I only went to school till first grade. So, oh, so you, I had the good old pack You have a first lunch. grade education? Yes. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Yeah, so I was homeschooled all the way up to uh, freshman year. Okay. And then after that, I chose to do ASU Prep Digital, so online school nice. for four years. Yeah, so who was your cafeteria uh, worker? Good old mother. Mother. <laughs> Jen Sylvester. Yes. And if you don't know, uh, in Desert Springs, Jen Sylvester is somewhat of a legend. She she has definitely uh, built a, a legacy of being a good servant and and loving to support people and do things that people are not good at. Like me, she's really good at uh, a lot of things like the organization and the planning, but her daughter, Lil, now you are, are you 18 yet? Yes. I turned 18 and back in May. All right. Did you graduate from high school? I did. I mean, you actually passed 46 college credits. All right. Look at her. So Lil has kind of really uh, taken on a lot of those qualities and characteristics that I think her mom um, has demonstrated as well. So in some ways, she's followed her footsteps and those types of things. But we're not here to talk too much about that. But Lil, we want to hear a little bit about you and then kind of your experience of SMI, the, the, the ministry that you had this year, what was that like? And then I've got some specific questions for you as well. So talk to us, tell us more about Lil and what goes on in your brain and then what that, how that applied through uh, the ministry this year. Yes. So I got to be a part of SMI for all four years, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year. And then this year I also had the opportunity to be a uh, team leader. That's right. So I got to be a co-leader with Zach Curley and it was an awesome experience. I hadn't done that before. Mm. And we got a team of students who I honestly didn't really know. A lot of them were first year SMI students, whether they were juniors or freshmen. And so to have the opportunity to guide them and show them, 
but also as Zach and I were leaders, we had to come together to figure out what was the best way to disciple them, but also grow in our faith as we were going to go out to serve to as many students as we could on this VBS. Mm. So in the, in the VBS, I know that the way they've done this in the past, whether good or bad, okay, let me just be, let me put it out there. I don't really agree with it. Okay. Um, and what I mean by that is like, Hey, just figure it out. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm a structure kind of guy. So that's why it's like, uh, Hey, w- give me some parameters. What, what can I work in? Right. So yeah. and you're good at that. Like the idea of creating that, um, experience or scenario or having those details, right? So when someone yeah. says, Hey, you got to figure it out. I'm going like, I only know how to do one thing. I can't do a bunch. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I probably, though I believe it does stretch you and mm-hmm. it causes you to press in and really rely on each other. I think because it's an equipping ministry that that's not really, um, we're not really doing well in equipping when we don't give them some parameters to work in, you know? And, yeah. um, but I want you to tell me about that because you might've really flourished in that, but maybe it was a little bit difficult because you were getting to know people at some time, yeah. but as a leader pressing in with Zach and saying, this is the kind of uh, VBS that we want to do. What was that experience like as you were trying to figure out what are we going to do in California? Yeah, so speaking about that, we actually did not have a lot of parameters. We pretty much got a budget (laughs) and two VBSs, and they said, you're going to have to figure it out. So those 14 weeks, we got to know our students or our team, and then we also had to put our budget together, but hope that when we got there, we were prepared enough. So we actually had two VBSs, and each each day, we drove out two hours to Nevada to serve at a church that had 22 students. And we didn't know how many students. Sandy Valley? Is that what it was? Yes, good old Sandy Valley. And we didn't actually know how many students we were going to have. So they said you could hope for 20 would be max, but you could have five kids. So we were just, I was like, come on, guys. Like, we got to be excited even for the one kid that we're going to have. So then we had 20 on the first day. And my team and I were like, okay, well, I guess we need to split these kids up because we weren't expecting that many. So Zach and I quickly decided that we were going to split them up in ages and put um, our team together and be like, you're watching these kids and then those who were speaking and doing worship, all their things. And that was a whirlwind because we didn't expect that. So Mm -hmm. we had the opportunity to just adapt to what we were given and to just love on those kids the first day. So we got that under control and then we drove back down two hours to the assembly of God. And we also Newberry served Springs. Newberry Springs. I and served we there. All, you know that? No, I did not. Yeah. I never told you that. Anyways, tell us, I don't want to cut you <laughs> off, but I did, I did a, I did a VBS there way back the last time we were there. Oh, gotcha. Very yeah. nice. Different pastor now though. Yeah. So we served there and we had six kids on the first day. And we also were very grateful for that because they had never done a VBS. Mm. And the first VBS had done one each year, so they expected to have a few kids, but we still didn't know how many. So we get there, and the journey getting there was something that day. What happened? Tell us what happened. Um, We maybe (laughs) took a dirt road turn and ended up Um, in the middle of the wilderness, as the sign said. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. mm -hmm. And then we had to drive back that, plus the traffic that was on the freeway. And we ended up having 30 minutes with our second VBS on the first day. Okay. So we so about an hour late. At least. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was okay. We uh, really prayed on the car that we were going to get there and serve to the kids that were there. And thankfully the pastor that was there was super involved, got the kids excited, checked them in and everything. So we got there and we did the best that we could for the time that we had on our first day. And then the second day came around and we're like, okay, we got this. We drove to our first VBS. It was great. And then our second VBS and we had five kids today. And we continued to pour into them. And then by the end of that day, we're like, okay, let's change it up because the first UBS had 20 kids. So we had to split them. 
And this group, we had more of us than the students that were there at the BBS. So we decided to, the boys would do games and the sermon. And then us girls would kind of sit down in the small group because we did have all girls at this VBS. Gotcha. And so we wanted to minister to them. And sometimes it can be hard to open up to that many people. So we changed it up and that was great. You could see that they understood more and God was planting those seeds for us. And we learned that all of them were saved. Um, some of them did attend the church that we were at and some of them didn't, but that was a second location. That was yeah. our second location. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's just a good opportunity to be thankful for those students that we had and be able to plant seeds and make sure they understood what they believed in. Mm-hmm. So that was just a really cool opportunity. Yeah. So the first in, in Nevada, mm-hmm. you guys had a big group, right? Yeah. Like you said, split them up. Kids. Were there folks there that didn't know the Lord? Um, not till the last day. Oh, so really? all the students did know. It's actually like a community church. So there's a playground and they feed them each day. Nice. So a lot of them already know who Jesus is. Okay. But this one has a cool story because they don't actually have a pastor right now. Really? So they just have a bunch of families are coming together each week. They're just meeting on Sundays, having fellowship. And then they're all kind of reading passages from the Bible. Mm-hmm while they're trying to find a pastor. So it's just really cool to see that they were still so bright and excited and thankful for us to be there and didn't care that, you know, we don't have a pastor like you guys have. And there's that many students of us. So just to see that they were excited and those students that were coming, although they knew God, Mm -hmm. um, just also pour into them and see those plant seeds. And by the end of the week, those kids knew the questions and the answers that we were asking them. That's great. So they pressed in too. They were they yeah. were excited to have you guys there. Yeah, they to, came every single day. And by the end of the day, we had 22 kids. So we huh? had more than what we started with. Were they mostly younger? Um, we had ages 4 to 12. 4 to 12. So a lot of between that 8 to 10. Okay. So you had talked about in your testimony to the church, mm-hmm. um, a girl named Evie. Yes. Right? And she was at your first location? Yes, she was. So tell us a little bit about Evie. So she was a little four-year-old girl who... Um, has a grandpa that kind of works on the church uh, field. And so she comes with him a lot and hang out at the church. So she knows that church. She knows the people. But she comes from a rough background of split parents. And she doesn't actually know which day she's going to have which parent. And so the only like set thing that she has in her life is church. Mm. So she gets there and she is just a firecracker. Like mm. I said in my uh, yeah. testimony, she just... You could tell she just wanted to be loved, but she was just crazy. She couldn't handle that many kids. And within the first 10 minutes, either. she tried to hit me, bite me, and then yelled at me to tell me to go away. Okay. So I was like, you're going to be a lot of fun, but I can do it. And I actually nanny and babysit on the side. So I've had my years of experience with kids. Sure. And I kind of decided to take her under my wing because a lot of the other students picked up with our other students that we had on our team. So those kids kind of gravitated towards those students, which I was very grateful for. Like, I was glad that our team could pick those students and pour into them. And so Mm -hmm. I was left with this little Evie, and I just made sure that she was not running away. Mm -hmm. And um, there was a few times, you know, we had to grab her and sit her down and say, you know, you can't do that because other people are trying to focus. But by the end of the week, you could tell that I had continued to pour in her each day, and she was excited to come to church. So she came all five days that we were there. And by the end of it, she was sitting down giving hugs and kisses. And although she's four and you can't fully, like, share the gospel and she can't answer those questions, she could tell you who Jesus was. And you could tell she just wanted to be loved. And it was an awesome, awesome opportunity to see from that first day she was this wild child you couldn't tame. And then by the last day, 
she was sitting through the sermons and dancing at worship time. Right. So to just know that God planted those seeds and I continue to water them is what I wanted on the trip. That's great. And I want to talk about her from the perspective of sometimes hard people are, are, are difficult people or difficult situations they're hard to have um, endurance to continue to minister in, mm-hmm. you know, but you decided to choose to, you know, engage that challenge, yeah. you know, for instance, and, and granted you have some experience with younger people and maybe that was the main reason you pressed in, but tell me, tell me why it's worth, it's worth it still to press into those difficult people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because difficult people could be my age, could be 44. Yeah. Right. And I may come into contact with them and like, Oh my goodness, that guy is just so difficult. I don't want to deal with that. But why should we press into those people? Especially, I mean, this is a mission trip. That's what you're supposed to be doing. But tell yeah. us in general, as Christians, we may have difficult friends. We may have difficult family members. We may have difficult children. We may have a difficult kid. We're babysitting, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Why should we press in? I mean, why not go find something else to do. Yeah. Well, as children of God, God has called us to go out and make disciples and pour into others and show love, whether whatever situation you're in. And I could just see that with this little girl that, you know, God placed her in our life for a reason. And for that whole week, she continued to come. And I don't care what her circumstance was. I just want her to know that we're, that she's loved and God is here for her. Mm. So to grab her under my wing, although she was a wild child, I just feel that God brings people in our lives for a reason. And now I have this story to share that, you know, it doesn't matter what the circumstance is. God's going to use you and plant those seeds yeah. for yeah. what he has. For him. Yeah. What he has, it's for his glory. Right. Yeah. And the sake of others, not your comfort. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think sometimes in the American church, maybe more than anywhere, because we are blessed with a lot of things sometimes. Yeah. And we know that from where we are and where, you know, our, our families, you know, have been blessed and, mm-hmm. and, um, we don't live in the middle of the desert with anything. I mean, we have a pastor. Yeah. We have lots of things, right? Um, but kids often don't know that. They don't recognize that. But I love that you said she just wanted to be loved, right? Yeah, she wanted to she be, um, and even though she bit you and, you know, tried to rip your hair out and punch you in the face, whatever it was, you know, she was rough the first day. She wasn't the same when it was time to leave. Yeah. Right? She she was sad that you guys were going. Mm-hmm. You had built a relationship in a matter of 10 hours, yeah. roughly, because you were there for five days, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the biggest eye-openers to me is that God uses us in these places, these remote mm-hmm. places with complete strangers in yeah. the midst of 10 hours in a week, but often it, it happens before that. And and somehow we can have built a relationship and been able to pour into them and share the gospel yeah. with them, right? Mm-hmm. And it. Other times we think that in our regular busy lives, well, you know, I got to be friends with these people for 10 years. I got to yeah. be, I got to be around them until I can earn the right to share the gospel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that it's really neat how you went in and with your team and you just said, no, we're here for, for the glory of God to yeah. love these people. Cause that's what God's heart is for them. And then he's already preparing things, right? right. Little Evie's yeah. going to come and I'm going to have Lil there and I'm planning on watching Lil get bit, you know, and, and whatever, you know, so I'm grateful that you had that opportunity to minister. So I wanted people to hear from you, like it's worth it because God said Absolutely. so, right? Yeah. yeah. I love that. And that he's called us. There's no him and Han, those situations like, well, am I supposed to make disciples? Like, am I supposed to share the gospel? Yeah. He already said so. Yeah. You went there planning for that regardless of what your experience was, right? Mm-hmm. Well done. So Thank you. even though 
you didn't hear of people making professions, yeah, but you were there working. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. Cause sometimes in ministry, it can be difficult. There are great missionaries who went out and worked hard, you know, um, Absolutely. Hudson Taylor, I think is one. And, and there's others, you know, I, I can't obviously name them all, but mm -hmm. they would have to plow that field, right? They yeah. got to prepare the soil. They got to start planting seeds and they start watering and they might not see fruit. Mm -hmm. It may be difficult, right? Yeah. But you went there and you had a purpose. So tell us a little bit about that to encourage us that though the ministry may be hard, though you might not see fruit right away, that we're still to press in. Yeah. So I actually, with my four years of experience in doing, this was my second VBS. So I did one my sophomore year. And when we met with our team, you know, like I said, we had a lot of first timers, so they didn't fully know what to expect. Right. And I went in with my team and I was like, you know, we can't always count on having professions of faith on this trip. We can't just be discouraged if we don't. Mm -hmm. We're here as children of God to serve and love and plant those seeds or water the seeds, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. But to just be thankful for what we've been given and to just show those kids like who Jesus is, mm -hmm. is what I wanted to do mm -hmm. on the trip. And so after the first day, they're like, we haven't had any yet. And I'm like, it's just the first day. Right. Like, just remember those kids are going to continue to come back and you get to have this time, the 10 hours to get to know them. Right. And so by the end of on Thursday, after our good old um, debrief that we had, uh -huh. you said like, you know, we only have two hours left tomorrow. Right. So you got to make the most of it. So we met as a team and I was like, it doesn't matter if tomorrow we have zero or we have 10, but to just make sure those kids understand by the end of the week who Jesus is, Amen. is what we're all about. Yeah. So I love that. Whether it's two hours, two minutes, two yeah. days, two years, the reality is make the most of the time, like you said. Mm -hmm. Like we, if we could get folks to be so motivated and so committed to the cause of Christ that we would just use the time wisely as yeah. best we can, then then I know you'll see fruit eventually. But really, a lot of times, what all we're doing is it's our relationship with God. God's called Lil to go to the desert to go be obedient. Yeah, and there's blessing in that. Right. Jesus said, he who has my words mm -hmm. and does it is blessed. Yeah. OK. The reality is you become wise when you do what he says. Mm -hmm. So our relationship with God is first and foremost. Are you going to do it? Are you going to take Evie? Are you going to share? Hey, there's three kids here. They already know the Lord. So are you just going to ignore them. Right. Or are you going to be Jesus to them? Mm -hmm. Right. So, hey, that's a good lesson to learn that uh, I had to learn when I first started ministering. We were knocking on doors, sharing the gospel. Mm -hmm. People couldn't get in. It's like, this is, I can't ever get in. Yeah. I can't. Ever. It doesn't matter. God said, do it. So go do it. Yeah. Do it with a heart that's about love, loving him and loving others. So I'm glad that you had that opportunity and the lesson learned because you'll take that with you. Yeah. And um, we all should hear what Lil's saying because that's what God expects. And we we have such an opportunity in our life to just go do what he says and be blessed, be rewarded. There's such a rewarding. I don't care if you get the, the door slammed in your face or the kid bites you and it's like, no, I'm here serving you. And God yeah. loves that. So I got a, a couple more questions and we'll finish up. So tell me, like, how were you impacted this year? Maybe what was one of the most challenging or most rewarding um, situations that you had, whether it was in training or the actual trip itself? Mm -hmm. I would say something challenging would be having this team and having to make us all together and understand one another, get to know our strengths and weaknesses, because we want to use those strengths to serve God on this mission trip. And also another challenge was we didn't know what we were going into. We had our two VBSs, but 
we just need to be able to say, you know, whatever God gives us, we're going to be grateful for and work with. And then something I was just really grateful to have was to be a team leader this year, but also to go out on the strip my fourth year to serve on kids and love on them and just be an encouragement as God has called us to do. I love that. All right. So we're going to wrap up and I love finishing our conversations with an opportunity to encourage our people, the Mm -hmm. listeners to, to live the now life. You know, that's what this podcast is all about. Living the life that Jesus has come to give us that abundant life. You know, he, uh, unfortunately people have mistaken that word meaning like, um, material blessings, you know, or like my life is good, right? Like Mm -hmm. Nacho Libre. Um, but his life wasn't good. And the reality here is though, that we have an opportunity to speak into their life, to encourage them to live that life. That's what we want to be about until Mm -hmm. we see Jesus face to face. Because until we see him, we're called to live on mission. We're called to be his people, a priesthood who would go and proclaim his excellencies, right? Wherever we are. So I want you to help our listeners to understand the significance of the SMI program for high schoolers. Mm -hmm. I just highly recommend it, whether you are a first year or not. Also, you're going to be pushed in different ways. You're going to be tested. You're going to be challenged, but you're also going to see that by the end of it, it was all for the glory of God. And starting out your first year, you take evangelism class (laughs) with you. And that, um, that was COVID year. So I started 2019. Yeah. So we, we started we off. should have made you guys do it again. <laughs> we started off well, and then we went online. And so I was just kind of thrown right into it. And getting to have that opportunity at the time, I was like, this is a lot. Like, I'm not sure if I can keep going, but I wanted to keep going. And God will use you mm-hmm. in any way. And to see that over the past four years has been such an awesome opportunity. And now that I'm headed off to college in my next chapter of life, I can say, you know, these four years have taught me so much. I've grown with God. I've been challenged and I've built great relationships with it. So those who are thinking about SMI, whether you are a freshman or a senior, and this is your first time, please just try it. Mm-hmm. You don't know what God's going to do in your life unless you have an opportunity like that. And I also say for the leaders that are thinking about trying yes, it, speak to the adults. Please for sure. try um, having you pastor Sean on it this year was awesome. Although you are my co-leader sure. or my team leader. I just got to see you grow and have those kids were excited to say like, you know, we learned from him and it doesn't matter if you are like a college student helping or an older adult, like God's going to use you, but to have those different stories in your life to encourage those students is just an awesome opportunity. So please try it. Well said. And I think what's really cool about SMI. So I did, I came to know the Lord in December of 2006 Mm -hmm. and I went to SMI and 2008. Okay. So it wasn't long after I'd come to know the Lord. I took yeah. evangelism training nine months after I came to the Lord, I was equipped. And then uh-huh. I went to, um, SMI in 2008. We went to New Mexico. Uh, it was not Las Cruces. I can't remember where it was, but, um, we went and the thing that I would say about SMI for me was it was an opportunity for me to experience God. So a lot of us, we come to know Jesus and what we experience is the church environment. Yeah. We don't really experience God because we haven't been stretched and stepped into a place where we have to depend on him and rely on him. So you being able to do this each and every year, you get better at it because you learn from the first year. Oh yeah. 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 And you kind of have taken a step, but then God Mm -hmm. always gives you new challenges and things, but he really does grow you. Right. 
And I, I don't think we can experience those types of things showing up on a Sunday, um, going to youth services. You know, you've been to those, right? Is, is a Wednesday, is a Wednesday night, the same thing as a, uh, a week of SMI? No, absolutely not. Right. And not with those amount of people for that amount of time. (laughs) Right. And and what you're focused on is usually a little different sometimes. So, Hey, the reality is, is that, um, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm thankful to have been a part of your life that God would let me see even from a distance, you growing up and changing and yeah. the Lord using you to speak into people's lives and to minister, not only to, um, our friends here in the church, yeah. you know, but folks that were, you know, a thousand miles away or whatever it was. So, um, not, not that California wasn't, but we probably drove a thousand miles all probably. the driving, right? I yeah. drove to Nevada too. So I get it. We went back and forth every day. So, um, keep your eyes on the Lord, Bill, you know, that's yes, the key. And, um, for all you listening, I hope that you're encouraged by Lil Sylvester's testimony. I'm sure she has other stories. Find her, go talk to her. But the reality is, is I think both of us would agree that we want you to go and live on mission. We want you to be who Jesus has created you to be, right? So until then, until we get to talk again, until we see each other face to face, go live the now life. Thanks for listening to The Now Life, a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, Arizona. The Now Life is hosted by Sean Jones and Mark Shaloey and is produced by Brandon and Brittany Petrie and me, Sarah Shallow. If you like our podcast, please remember to share, subscribe, leave a review, and if you want more information, please visit dscchurch.com.